It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The NBA is back in today's show. I'm going to be previewing the first two games of the NBA restart. Yeah! Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. The NBA, of course, is back. We're here. We have made it somehow. Four months later, the NBA is kicking off another uh, set of great news today with no positive COVID-19 tests in the NBA bubble. Fantastic news. Let's hope it stays that way for the next two or three months. But we have a couple of games ready to kick off. Good luck to those of you in your redraft leagues. If you are doing redraft leagues in this uh, league resumption, you can check out our projections on Basketball Monster. But let's just give a blanket statement. I'm probably going to say it every day, but a big blanket statement now is that if you are playing DFS if you are betting, if you are playing restart leagues, these eight games are going to be screwed. They are going to be very, very unpredictable. The motivations of teams are going to be all over the place. I thought the Clippers might play Kawhi Leonard 27 minutes a night. And then in the last scrimmage, he played 28 minutes. So I don't know what they're going to do. How are the Lakers going to approach these eight games considering they're locked into the one seed? How many games is LeBron going to play? Six? Eight? Seven? 35, 31 minutes, it's really hard to predict. A coach is going to run with 12-man rotations. Outside of the teams that need to win, Sacramento, New Orleans, Memphis, Portland, um, Washington to an extent, Brooklyn, all those teams that really do need to win, will teams just be going really easy and broadening their horizons? Or will they be using it as an eight-game playoff tune-up? Will they use it as an eight-game playoff tune-up, or will it be like what we normally see at the end of April, an absolute shit show where Lester Hudson plays 48 minutes and gets a quadruple-double? It's very, very hard to know how all of this will look, and that is why the predictability of this stuff is really tough at, at this stage. But we're still going to do it. We're still going to look at it, and you're still going to play. I know that. But just be aware of those things that we do need to have a level of caution around. So... With great pleasure, the first game we're going to look at today is the Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans. Great to have uh, basketball back, but the big question mark here, of course, is will Zion Williamson actually play? We know he's back in the bubble. We know he's going to be out of quarantine. The Pelicans are keeping it close to their chest as to whether he will play. I would be absolutely stunned if he didn't. Not because the NBA needs ratings and they're going to put pressure on the Pelicans. They need to win. They need to win these games. They need to win these games to put pressure on the Grizzlies for the 8th seed or to lock themselves into the ninth seed. 
And for them to win, having Zion out there is better than not having Zion out there. So that's the big question mark in this initial game, the Jazz and the Pelicans. Quick update, outside of that for the for the Pelicans, they're okay. Everyone is healthy and ready to go. For the Jazz, there's no Boyan Bogdanovich. He's out for the season. So there's a fundamental change in their rotation. Ingles will slide into that starting spot. You'll get Emmanuel Moutier coming into the rotation, and you'll probably get a little bit of Rajon Tucker coming in there as well. You got Mike Conley, who was looking pretty good through the uh, end of the regular season and through the scrimmage game. So his production is probably going to leap up as well without Boyan out there. So don't don't be surprised if we get some pretty decent Mike Conley games. The Gobert and Mitchell situation, I don't really think we need to worry about that too much. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. So that's sort of where we sit with this one. So let's look at the pricing. Let's look at the DFS value. And I'm going to start things off here by looking at DraftKings. Um, looking at the point guards. Really like Jordy Clarkson here. $4,200. He is going to get some extra offensive load without Boyan Bogdanovich because that moves Ingles into the first unit. And it means Clarkson has more of an ability to be a scoring option or a ball-in-hand type of guy on that second unit. Yes, Moutier will come in, but Clarkson will get a great opportunity. He's around a 20-point-per guy. Most of the, most of the guy... Yeah, try, try it again. I'm a bit rusty. A 20-point-per-night guy most nights. But in this one, I just do think... And then we know Pelicans, huge pace team as well. So that's going to up the Jazz's pace. And just having that extra ability in that bench unit for Clarkson without Ingles around, maybe to generate some more assists also, could help him out here to get those numbers. Maybe he's a 26, a 27-point guy, which at 4,200, I think is a pretty decent number. And again, the defensive matchup strong. The pace matchup for Clarko, he looks really good as well. The Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. He comes in at $7,000. Now, before the league shut down, he was, I guess, middling a little bit, averaging just 32 DraftKings points over his last five games. At 7000 we need him to be getting a 38, 39 points probably here to be worthwhile. Is he a chance for that? Of course he is. The up pace, the defensive uh, matchup is, is a strong one as well. He'll have high usage, and his usage could go really high without Bogdanovich. But I'm not sure that he's necessarily a stable floor guy for cash games. I like Mitchell as a 45-point upside GPP guy, maybe a 50-point guy. And he has been really, really good against the Pelicans, averaging 51 the last three times that he has played against them. So he is uh, at least an option for me, but he's more of a GPP guy. You've got Lonzo Ball at 7,400, which I do like. He was rolling, averaging 49 over his last five before the shutdown. If Zion doesn't play, I think it does hurt him a bit because so many of his numbers were able to be generated playing alongside Zion Williamson. So I'd be a little bit cautious there, but I think a 35-point floor for him is not unrealistic, Lonzo Ball. So that makes him a relatively good cash play. While Conley at 6,200, as I said, was rounding into form, looks good in the scrimmages. I think 6,200 to get 30 out of Conley is not a stretch. I actually like the value there. You probably lean a little bit more towards GPPs versus uh, cash here for Mick, but otherwise that looks pretty good. Drew Holiday at 86. While he was roasting guys before the season shut down, he'd averaged 50 over the last three. I just think considering he's a little bit older, we don't know how much he's going to play or how rusty he's going to be, and he is yeah, a bit prone to some inconsistency in terms of shooting numbers. 8,600 would push Drew only to me to be some sort of a GPP option, and, and that's probably it for, for Drew Holiday. 
But guys, if you want to start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes, Axios Today host Nyla Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world. And if you want to shape your own world, but more specifically your car, rockauto.com. That is where you can get all of the best car parts at the best prices. Why would you go to your local auto store when at rockauto.com, you can find that vast catalog, vast catalog of parts for your car at prices so much better than what you find at your local store. There's no different price tiers, one for professionals and one for do-it-yourselfers. At rockauto.com, all the prices are the same right across the board. The rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. And you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and the prices that you prefer. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right. Um, next position of these uh, of these guys here over on DraftKings, looking at the shooting guards. Now, JJ Redick at 3,600, his numbers were low. His minutes were low before when the season shut down. 19 a game over his last five. But I think we do need to uh, realize that if Zion Williamson is out, somebody has to start. They will most likely push Ingram to the four, and then they'll push Holiday to the three, and that would leave Josh the Hitman Hart or JJ Redick to start. Regardless, or maybe they put each one more at the three. Probably not. But I think they would put Redick or Hart starting. So that would bump both of those guys' minutes. And then at 3,600, there is some GPP value there for Redick. Now, his numbers haven't been good, but he does have that 35, 36-point upside. In fact, he had a 36-point game just before the season shut down. And at 3,600, that's great return. But it really is just a GPP guy. And mainly if, uh, if Zion's out. Joe Ingles, Jinglin Joe's at 5,700. I like his opportunity here in the starting lineup. He, he plays so much better next to Mitchell and Gobert versus running that second unit. This is going to uh, leap him up. He had 40 points in the last game before the shutdown at 5,700. I like cash floor and I like value there for upside too. Each one more would be at least a minimum salary punt guy to watch in case they do throw him into the starting lineup. For your small forwards, the hitman Josh Hart, 3,900. Got some upside there for sure. We know how good a rebounder he is. If they put him into the starting lineup, if Zion's out, that would absolutely make sense as a cash and a tournament play. Ingram's at 83. I would fade off of Ingram if uh, Zion plays because his numbers have been significantly better when Zion is out. Uh, If Zion is out, of course, 8,300 for Ingram looks to be a pretty solid cash guy. I'm not sure that there's much tournament upside in Ingram at 8,300 if Zion's out, but if he's... um, 
If Zion doesn't play, then Ingram's 8,300 cash floor. I think it looks pretty good to me. Royce O'Neal, 4,900. I don't really see much value in that. Well, George Niang will get some extra play, but it doesn't mean he's going to be an extra good play. As confusing as that may sound. On to your big blokes. Gobert is at 7,100. His numbers had been way down before the season shut down, uh, averaging just 28 over the last three. But you feel okay about him getting some good numbers and centers. Had done pretty well against the Pelicans most of this season. 7,100 for Gobert looks okay as a cash play. Uh, Zion's at 7,500. Um, yeah, I think they'd be a little bit cautious with him with minutes. So he's maybe a tournament guy. We don't even know if he's going to play well. Nicola Melli at 4,000. The only way I'd use Melli is if Zion plays because he fits so much better next to him. I don't think they'll, he'll get an extra boost if Williamson's out. He's more of a guy that maybe can fill in that cheap spot in your lineup if Williamson is in fact playing. Other big guys to take a look at here, Derek Favors at 5,800. Just doesn't really play enough when Zion is out. Now, his last three games against the Jazz, uh, sorry, when Zion's in, his last three games against the Jazz, Favors have yielded 40 points per game, which is really, really strong. And if Williamson's out, I think Favors gets a boost. They'll play him more. The, I don't know why they don't play Zion and Favors together. Their numbers on court are ridiculously good, and we know how good defensively Favors is. So he's more of a, an interesting guy to at least pay some attention to, but I think 5,800 is probably pushing pushing it a little bit too high. Tone Bradley, Jackson Hayes, Jolly Locafor. I don't really think there's much to, to like with those guys. I didn't talk about Manuel Moutier as a point guard option. He's a minimum salary guy. Maybe you throw him in as a GPP punt differentiator type of a player. We have a look over on Fangio at the values there. Clarkson, again, comes in pretty good. I like Zion at 7,100. That's a good Fangio price. The 5,400 for Derek Favors makes way more sense. And if Zion's out, I think that almost becomes a cash lock. Don Mitchell at 72. Conley at 57. Love that on Fangio. That's really strong. And Ingram at 73 is also a superb price. Gobert and Ball, I'm less interested in on uh, Fangio at 82 and 7,900 respectively. While Ingles at 55, I also think looks pretty solid. And 4,400 for Josh Hart if Zion is out. Uh, I think that would work for me in, uh, in that sort of a scenario. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner. And Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, game number two, the Clippers. The Lakers, we have injuries that we need to have a look at here because the Lakers have listed a bunch of guys here. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, he is probable with a rib issue. LeBron James is probable with a groin issue. LeBron James. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, is probable with an ankle sprain. And Anthony Davis is questionable with eye discomfort. Now, Davis is listed as questionable, but he has also said that he is going to play and all indications are that he will play. So pretty much all of those guys, Davis, Kuzma, James, and Corwell Pope, they'll all play. Rondo and Avery Bradley are out for the Lakers. And for the Clippers, Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams are both out. Patrick Beverly is the question mark here because he is literally questionable. They called him a game-time decision. We know he was late arriving to the bubble um, and he hasn't played in the scrimmages. He's a game-time call. Landry Shamet also was late arriving to the bubble, but he's not listed on the injury report, so we're assuming that he is ready to go. 
If Beverly is out, Reggie Jackson will likely get the start, so he'll become a great option. Shamit will get some, a boost as well, and Terrence Mann most likely will jump into the rotation with some extra minutes there for Scooter Magruder. With Harrell out, I imagine Zubats continues to start. There's no reason to change that. You'll get a couple of extra minutes for Jermichael Green, and then Joachim Noah will likely soak up those backup minutes. He won't play the 28 that Harrell does. You'll get Zubats getting a few extra, Green getting a bump, and then yeah, 18 or 19 or whatever from Noah. Maybe he gets 20 minutes there as well, but he won't play the 28 that Montrez Harrell does. But having no Williams or Harrell is a big usage drain. So you're going to have usage going towards Reggie Jackson specifically. It's in particular, if Jackson is on that second unit with Beverly starting, he's going to get a big usage bump. It also helps Marcus Morris when they split him out from Kawhi and Paul George and get him some of those shots because someone's going to have to take those shots without those two blokes on the second unit. Having no Harrell and Williams might actually make the Clippers' closing lineup more dangerous because those two are absolute off defensive sieves and might getting better defensive players out there might help those other guys go to work. So um, let's have a look at how this one looks from a DFS perspective. At point guard, Beverly's at 4,100. I wouldn't feel keen with using him whatsoever. While Reggie Jackson at 4,600. If Beverly's out, that becomes a really strong cash play. Because it is the second game of the night, and if we're not looking at late swaps type slates, then, well, this is DraftKings. So you'd want to get him in. But I'd like to you know, try and build lineups with him there just in case Beverly doesn't get, doesn't get up and is not ready to play because Jackson's value at 46. He should beat that comfortably. LeBron's at 10-7. LeBron James. This is a tough game because these teams are set. They're locked in. They know where they are. One and two seeds in the West. They also don't like each other. So how are Vogel and Doc going to approach this? Will they say, now go out there and beat the shit out of each other for 48 minutes? Or they'll be like, guys, who gives a shit? This game doesn't mean anything. Just go easy. I don't know how it's going to run. Will they run big rotations? Will they say, nah, let's let's actually crank this up and you're going to have the last three games off of this eight-game restart? I reckon it might lean towards that one and they go relatively full tilt here in this game, but I'm not 100% sure on that. LeBron's a point guard listed player on DraftKings. He's at 10-7. If you're really good about him getting 50, no doubt. He's a, I think out of the high-priced guys, he's probably the guy that I want to lock in if I can get those cheapies in around him, especially yeah, cheapies like a Reggie Jackson if that works out, or uh, say in uh, New Orleans like a JJ Reddick, some, someone like that, if Zion's out, that really does help. But I do like LeBron as your best high-priced guy here. Uh, the Bald Eagle, Alex Caruso, big sexy. He's at 3,700. He's going to see a larger role with Bradley out and with Rondo out, but I don't think that that means he's a great DFS player, so I probably wouldn't get too excited there. At shooting guard, Dan Green's at 3,500. He is wildly inconsistent from a DFS point of view. I wouldn't get too excited about using him, maybe for tournaments, but even then, not really that keen. And KCP is going to get more playing time, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's at 4,000, but realistically not a big option. I think Dion Waiters at 31 is, is one to look at. He is someone who is going to be in the rotation, I'm pretty sure. He can go out there and chuck. We know that. Can he get 19 points, 18 points in 20 minutes? Sure. And at 3,100, that's really good values. I think he is one of those ones if you want to go a real stars and scrubs type method. Shamit is at 3,200. He is inconsistent as well. But if we do have Beverly alongside Williams out, he's going to get opportunities. Now, his game relies upon just hitting threes and scoring. He does nothing else. So that does limit what he can do, and the shots need to go in, and he needs to get those shots. But the shots have to go somewhere without Williams and Harrell around. So Shamit's a good opportunity to get them, and I think at 3,200, he is a GPP option. 
Pierce Small Forwards, Paul George, the Beatle, 7,200. Absolutely love that price. That is so, so strong to me. He's averaged 43 against the Lakers in the three games. He's played last three. Well, was, uh, I think one or two of those were with the Thunder. Um, but really strong numbers at 72. I like that a lot. Marcus Morris at 47. I think he is going to be better than what he was originally because there's no Harold or Williams, but 4,700. Maybe maybe a little bit too high for him to get to while the fun guy, Kawhi Leonard, haven't hit this one for a while. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> yes, you are. 9,200 for Kawhi. I worry with him just how hard they push him. Will he play 30 minutes? Will he play 35? I just don't know. That would make him a GPP guy only. I don't have the faith that he will get out there and play the full allotment of minutes that we need him to play. While the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, is at 4,500. If you want to get saucy, try it. If you want to lose money, try it. I don't really see it with Kuzma. He needs Davis out to really have an impact, and that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Big blokes. Noah, 3,100. Love it. I think he gets 20 minutes. I think he can put up 20 points. And at 3,100, why wouldn't you love that? Howard's at 3,200. Big Dwighty. Um, no mask for Howard, of course, because he's a dickhead. But at 3,200, he is absolutely worth a GPP look. But that's it. Then you've got JaVal McGee at 36. Give me Dwight and Noah over him really easily. And then the big fella, Ivica Zubats, 4,500. I know he's good. You know he's good. And now there's no excuse from Doc not to play him 24 or 25 minutes. And this should get him 24 to 25 points pretty comfortably. I think there's cash value in him. Probably not GPP. If for some reason they just went play 30 Zubats, he'd smash it. They won't. But if he did, hmm. Something to watch. Tone Davis, 10,000. Eye discomfort. Hadn't really been getting to 50 a game anyway beforehand. I think he's probably a fade off here. Um, I'd rather go with a LeBron at that price, at that 10,000 price point. But Davis, of course, is an option if you want to fade LeBron. 3,500 for Jermichael Green. That could be really sexy, actually, because he's going to get center minutes. They're playing a lot of Green at center. His last game before it shut down, he had 31 in 26 minutes, and I don't expect 31 points. But you get 20, 22, 23 really comfortably here, Jermichael. So he looks to be a good option. While Markeith Morris on the Lakers, 3,200. With Kuzma, Davis, McGee, uh, Howard all in play. It's really hard to see Markeith getting enough playing time to be a useful option. J.R. Smith, I didn't talk about because I don't really think he's going to be a big part of this rotation. On Fangio, Noah is a little bit more highly priced, 3,800, but I still like it. Love Reggie Jackson at 38. Almost even if Pat Beverly does play, I think Reggie Jackson's good value there with Lou Williams out. Love that one. Caruso at 35 comes in a little bit better, and I love Zubats at 45. Um, Marcus Morris at 42 looks pretty good on FanDuel also. Paul George, I like at 74, whereas LeBron's all the way up at 11,400. That's probably pushing it a little bit too far for LeBron. And in this case, I would prefer Tone Davis at 10-4, while Kawhi comes in at 9-5. And again, that same risk is appropriate there for Kawhi Leonard. Guys, we did it. They're the two games. The NBA is back. Locked on Fantasy Basketball is back into its regular season form. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you did, give me a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave a comment down below. Who's going to win these games? Drop a comment down there as well. Follow me on Twitter and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.